0: In motion is Sewell, off to throw, wants to throw it to Sewell. Oh-ho! He caught
1: it, yes! but a first down. Oh, yes! And the big man dives down at the 31-yard line.
2: Welcome to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. I am Tim Twentyman. He is PJ Clark. And Peach, it's the postseason edition of the 20 in the Huddle podcast, unfortunately. Sadly. Sadly. Yeah, it is sadly. I look, give Dan Campbell. Brad all Holmes the all the, the these players credit I mean it, this could have went real south at one and six but look they stayed the course um they were confident in themselves and, and, and their process and what they were doing and they knew at one and six they weren't that bad of a football team and look they go eight and two um to finish the year nine and eight a winning record now tons of momentum heading into the offseason the consolation prize you got to knock Aaron Rodgers the Green out of and and look some great things from that game obviously Jamal Williams you know getting the thousand yards in, in breaking Barry Sanders record um, Jared Goff continuing to play good football that defense I thought played well all game long Kirby Joseph I feel like that's a that's a big takeaway He's what a, three picks of Aaron Reithers. That's
0: pretty cool I, at the very <laughs> least you can say whatever you want about it but pretty pretty cool I thought, on I, I, thought
2: I saw something on, on Twitter or something going across that like Urlacher in all his years in Chicago had three picks had three total Aaron. picks yeah, yeah and Kirby Joseph had them in like one year and, and so in
0: 10 games yep. yeah
2: and a lot of good performances you know uh in, you know Aiden played well. Um, it was just a lot of guys. It was a really good way to finish that game and, and to knock the Packers out. Obviously, you would have hoped that uh, the Rams could have handled business there. It, it went to overtime. It was close. They had their chances. Um, but, but really, when I think about this, and, and I know people were complaining about the, the refereeing in the Seattle L.A. game, but Detroit had their chances yeah, you... to, 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 to handle the business themselves. You know, you win that game in Minnesota. Um, you, know, I, you, you take care of Is late there. You know, obviously, Seattle, you score 45 points and lose the game. Um, You could have handled it right there, and then you didn't show up at Carolina. You know, so I think they're, you know, they have only themselves to blame for not making the playoffs. But credit to them for turning their situation around and putting themselves in in a spot where it went to the last day of the season to have a chance to go in. When you're 1 6, nobody thought that that was going to be the case. It's
0: hard to go 1 6 and make the playoffs. And the fact that that was even a consideration and it got until you know, 7.30 before the 8.20 kickoff of yeah. the last game. I mean, you really, you can't ask for anything more than that. Obviously, we would love to be previewing a matchup with the 49ers this week, but it is what it is, and the fact that that was even a small chance of happening from 1-6 is just a, a testament to everybody in this building and the work that they put in.
2: 100%. And so, you know, you're not preparing for San Francisco. You're talking about the end of the season and the off season and the draft and everything that gets going. And every year, look, Dan Campbell has his final uh, press conference, and then Brad Holmes has his, and both those happen this week. Look, what we're going to do is we're going to take three points from um, – Dan three points from Brad kind of discuss them hear from them and talk about them a little bit and that's how we'll kind of finish this up like let's start with Dan and I, I you know one of the questions that he was asked is, is what are you proud of what are you most mm-hmm. proud of of what you guys were able to accomplish this season and this is what Dan had to say
3: um yeah I, I just I guess if anything it just proves we're on the right track one more time I, I just know that uh, the coaches that i have here the the uh, the players that we 've drafted the players that we 've kept that were were here before us the free agents we 've signed it was the right it was the right decision man These are the right guys for us particularly in twenty twenty two now there 's going to be decisions that have to be made moving forward but they they fit us man they fit the mold and and to us you you have to meet a certain type of criteria to to be here uh we don 't just strictly look at talent you know and and our guys have created that culture, you know, they've embraced it and it's part of who we are. And it's, it's why we'll always compete.
2: And look, Peach, I, I, I mean, I agree with them. I think the, the one thing that you love about this season, I think you take from that eight and two finishes that they are on track. I think they have now very much built a, a, a culture, a foundation uh, built on toughness uh, built on grit, which he loves. Yep. Um, like you don't, you're, you don't come back from one and six unless you're a tough greedy football team and and then you believe in your head coach and your head po- coach can get you out of some tough situations which he's proven he's able to do and so you know I, I agree that the biggest takeaway from, from this season for me is that boy the The future does look bright doesn't it and and
0: i think he talks so much in that quote about having the right guys and the guys that they needed to battle back and and the guys that they thought you know instilled what they're trying to build here and i think as you look at you know the list of free agents is not as long as it was last year but as you look at those kaminsky's and and guys bugs like guys like that I think you're going to see a lot of those guys at least they're going to make an effort to bring them back because mm-hmm. those are the culture guys that they want to build around and think got them to the point where you're competing for a playoff spot in the last week of the season
2: 100 yeah. all right let's shift the focus a little bit on potentially a guy the lions could lose um look ben johnson is, is got very he, real yeah very very real. he's got uh three interviews so far uh that we know about look interviews Aaron Glenn took interviews yeah. last year like this is what happens when you're successful when you're top 5 offense your offensive coordinator is going to get some you're going to get phone he's calls he's going to get phone calls um and this kind of what are we talking about the potential Campbell coaching tree here now spreading spreading roots it's, it's on the table it's it, it, it wings it's it's it, it's on the table table but here's what uh what Dan had to say about Ben and and the interview process uh, upcoming for him
3: i uh i think a ton of ben i think he's uh i i've said it before i just think he's extremely bright he's he's creative he's organized he's a great communicator i mean he he uh he just he's he's got it and uh and i would do anything i can to help him that's the bottom line of course i don't want to lose him but but i'm not going to hold him back either i would help him any way i can help him
2: all right peach what do you think is he is Ben Johnson the head coach of the blank in in a month or so, or or do you think he's back? I mean, I hope he's back because it would be a I think We both hope It he's would back. be a
0: lot. Of, it would be a lot of fun to see what what year two and and a, a full JMO and a full complement of weapons. Oh, oh, wouldn't man. that be fun? That would be fun. Get that little flea flicker going to JMO up the sideline. Oh. Let's see what happens. Why not? Not that Swift did it poorly, but that that would be kind of fun. I don't know. I think he's got a really good shot. I think
2: you. I think he's going to impress people.
0: To the Lions' benefit, there are a lot of other offensive coaches available. Yes. Like there's Frank Reich, who obviously has a lot of experience. The offensive offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Eagles. Yep. I mean, there are other guys getting these calls. So I think, you know, He's going to be an option for all of these teams Mm -hmm. and would not surprise me if he got a second interview with a Houston and you're looking at, you know, a new quarterback in that situation, potentially with the number two pick and he can mold CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, whoever they end up with into whatever he wants them to be. And Houston's got a lot of offensive talent. We saw what Carolina can do. Indianapolis, we saw in joint practices, they got weapons. So any of those teams that... He's even just interviewing with now. He hasn't gotten a call from Arizona or yet or any of these other teams, at least as of when we're recording it. But these teams all have offensive weapons that Ben
2: Johnson could do a lot with. He could do a lot with. But Ben strikes me as a very calculated guy, too. Obviously, he's very, he's very not smart. Take he is not going to take a job that he doesn't really want. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Especially because he knows the situation he's in here. He loves Dan Campbell. Yeah. Um, loves the freedom Dan Campbell gives him to, to just be him. Obviously, he knows what he's got here with one of the top two offensive yeah. lines that are all under contract, both running backs, the quarterback. You mentioned j You've got one of the biggest upcoming stars in the, in, in, in the game in Amon Ross St. Brown. And But look, the reality is there's only 32. There's only these, 32 of those and jobs. And there's a lot of money involved here, too. And that's just the business side of the NFL. But... I think Ben has the confidence in himself and his own abilities that he won't take a bad situation just to become a head coach, get the money, because I think he's confident himself that this is going to come around next year, too. That's the thing. The year after, too. The year after, too. He strikes me as that confident of a man. And so um, I I think it's really got to be the right situation for him to bold. I don't think he's just going to take anything just to take it.
0: No, and that's a gamble. I mean, because these coaching carousels, once – you know, your name gets called one time, and it might not come up again. And if yeah. you don't jump on the opportunity while you have it, you might fall off the carousel next year. And and that is a gamble that he might have to make. But I mean, you look at you look at these jobs, and you compare at least the offensive weapons that he would be controlling here in Detroit versus some of these other teams. He he knows what he's got here. It's not a it's
2: not a mystery. He's box. in a great situation. Yeah, he's no a, no losing. For for there's sure. no losing for him for sure. Um, all right, let's flip one more. Let's with with Dan before we get to Brad. This rookie class, and and we've talked about it, and uh, you know the sacks when you look at, at the the def- defensive guys. We saw a little bit of, of, of JMO get rolling there, but um, the future is really really bright with these rookies. And, and Dan Campbell said as much here.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately any of your draft picks, you just want to see you want to see them develop you want to see them get a little bit better every week you want to see that a mistake that they made early they don't make again and uh and really they've all done that and that includes Aiden you know and I go back to this I mean he you know it wasn't he didn't just walk in the door and all of a sudden all this these great things happen I mean he when it goes into Washington he has three sacks and then it's it's expected that he'll have three sacks every week from then on and that's that's just not the reality but the but the fact is he was disruptive and he's a football player and he did improve. He did get better. Um, and they all did. And, and when you're, when you're young group, uh, your rookies can develop like that, like Kirby and Rodriguez and Pascal. Once we got him going, you know, he improved, uh, Hutch. And then on top of that, you had Mack from last year, St. Brown was better. Sewell was better. And now that's, that's becoming the nucleus of your team. Um, and so the skies, Barnes got better. I mean, all these young guys we've got are just continuing to, uh, they all took a step up. They all took a step up. And that's on top of the steady forces of, of Ragnar and Jonah, uh, you know, and, and Decker and, I mean, Alex being back again. So our veterans uh, were really a solid force for us once again. And it's just, it's a good combination right now. And there again, we'll only improve on this roster. Yeah, and, and Peach you've got to love the young guys, and and I would I would extend this to
2: the second the guys who are yeah, going to be you going gave a lot of credit to the second year, the second year guys, the Penny Penesuls, right, the um, Derek Barneses, Amon Ross, St. Browns, those guys that are kind of you know now they're established, they're coming, those guys are the core, and these rookies are trying to you know get to that point where they're the core, but we can already see with guys like Aiden, with Malcolm, with Kirby that that. They're quickly getting into that core status. Those are going to be guys that you build on. And um, you you, you love the fact that all these guys, you know, got a ton of playing time this year. And and look, it was early in the season. You were playing a lot of guys. I think that's part of the reason, you know, why they were so bad defensively. I think – some of these guys had to grow up a little bit. And, and we saw that and they did. And, and when they started to grow up and make more plays and learn the league and um, just figure out what this NFL thing is all about, that defense started to play better um, down the stretch. Carolina game was standing, obviously, but um, I, the future's bright. Look, you need pieces on defense. Yep. The numbers are still the Absolutely. numbers. You finished 32nd in the league. You need some more pieces there. But I think there's also some pieces there defensively that you're like, okay, I, I think these guys are going to be players. We just get a couple guys around them, the right pieces here, there, a helping hand, and you can maybe take a bigger leap with with, with how well some of these rookies played this year. I mean, the rookies are – you
0: can't ask for any more production, as a rookie especially, out of a sixth-round pick like James Houston (laughs) and Malcolm Rodriguez. And the fact that, A, the Lions gave them opportunities to give – you know, grow and develop throughout the year and give them sixth round pick opportunities to start late in a in a playoff push, and some of that is due to injury. James Houston only came up because the Aquaras were down and Charles, Charles Harris. Harris and it's yeah. just circumstance.
2: But you know he was he, he was trending in he practice. Was, they were he trying was getting to there. find a way to get him. I remember talking to to uh, Decker and he was like I, I was telling Hank Fraley for like a month, like what are we, why is this guy not yeah. on? Because he's beating me every day in practice. Yeah, and 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 Dan didn't even mention James Houston in that whole
0: little two-minute <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, the guy with eight sacks and in, in <laughs> seven games. Yeah, sure, that guy didn't even make the cut on that list. But I'm sure I that mean, was on oh, purpose. Oh, oh.
2: You know, that was on purpose gotta, by Dan. Gotta hide him, hide <laughs> him
0: a little bit. But you you know, Tracy goes down, you slot Kirby in, and he starts the rest of the year, and and you're just developing. Those guys, and yeah, it was unfortunate to have the injuries that allowed, you know, Kirby to step in in mm-hmm. such a major role, and James Houston step in in much, such a major role, but, that's but gonna you're you. seeing the dividends yeah. of that on the back end now, because now you know you have two pieces next year. You have Malcolm next year, and then the the second-year guys. I mean, uh, Lee McNeil played every game and, and was in there in the middle and was helped by— He's only going to get better because you have two rookie edges that were outstanding this year. So he can press the pocket from the middle, and you got two guys that can finish on the edge. And Amon I mean, and we haven't talked about, about
2: Onsarike yet yeah. either. I mean, you know, there's a guy, obviously, back injury, you hope that's well, but there's another guy, part of that class, that St. That Brown and. and penate Pan- class that you hope can now get past the back injury and, and start and to start, you know be what to catch what, up and develop. This was a team that looked to to potentially move back in the first round again. That's how much they valued um Levi Onzarike. and so if he can come back and be that guy, I mean there's just another guy to your point had, of just you know coming and being being a guy. Yeah, and the, and the
0: main takeaway from from me is how he ended that little clip we just played is we're only going to improve on this roster mm-hmm. and this is now with i know we're going to talk about it with brad but there's a little more money to be thrown around and there's a little more veteran presence that could be added and there's a lot more draft picks that you can either cash in on or go ship them out for more vets yeah. so there's a lot of improvement to be done but this core over the last two years is a, is a home run so far look at you with the t's Look at this. I'm in <laughs> the content business.
2: <laughs> so because of that beautiful tease, let, let's shift over to, to, to uh, Brad Holmes, who talked on Tuesday. Dan talked Monday. Um, and same thing with Brad. Let's go through kind of some, some a few points here. Now, obviously, there are a few more points yep. um, w- with Brad, but, you know, we don't want to make this thing an, an, an hour and a half. No. I think we could if you want to go Brad, listen
0: to Brad. I, w- I <laughs> would definitely would recommend definitely that.
2: do that. But let's highlight a few. And let's start with just. The most important position on the field, and and the GM's confidence that he has in quarterback Jared Goff. Here's what uh, Brad had to say about uh, Jared.
1: Yeah, I don't really know what the decision is. Um, I just I was always confident in him because because I've been with him um, from the get go since he was drafted back when I was with LA. I just kind of know how resilient, and mentally tough he is, and um, you know I think a lot of it was. Me knowing all the success he had in LA, I think that was kind of forgotten about a little bit uh when he got here and I think he was put in a very tough situation. Um I don't I don't I don't wanna say I don't know how many quarterbacks in that situation that you know he was in last year, but we had a lot of injuries, man, and you know we didn't really have the weapons around him. You know, uh, Dan had to really make a very tough decision on, on the staff offensively and make a change there. So, and he he stayed the course. I've, I've talked to you guys about this at, at length, but knowing what he's made of. Um, that's why I just kept I kept faith, kept confidence, and I respected Helen because I told him, "Look, we'll hold up our end of the bargain. Like we, we, we we're being held accountable. We got to put you in the right situation, with the right pieces around you. Um, you know, stability on offense. And felt like we did that, and he held up his end of the bargain. And I I, I think it just worked out. But um, I, I didn't I didn't really have any doubt or waver. Again, like you said, Eric, I never really deemed him as a bridge you know uh, I think everybody else did but I think it's a little bit of the regency bias from what he had to go through last year
2: yeah PJ I couldn't agree with with Brad more Um, and and I love the the part there where it was like you can do a lot you know you can you can uh, it's easier easier to get worse worse it's easier to get (laughs) worse at quarterback position than better and I thought it couldn't have been said any better. You know, be careful what you wish for sometimes. You know, as a fan, you want that hot young thing, and you could end up with Zach Wilson. I mean, yeah. that's just the the that the reality, of the the reality of the situation at quarterback. Yeah. And look what that's done to, to the Jets organization and, and how it's put them behind the eight ball. You have a terrific defense, and you got worse at quarterback, and now you're out of the playoffs um and questioning and everything what your, your future, future is yeah. so yeah i thought it was a great point but look, when i look at jared i look at a guy that um obviously offensively they started the year terrific but he was making some mistakes And look, he's a veteran guy. He could have been like, oh, no, don't worry. I got this. Look, no. He said, "Okay, I'll take the criticism. What do I do to get better? Uh, Ben Johnson said, hey, let's do this, this, and this, and I think we'll be much better. And credit to Jared for saying, yeah, you know, I think you're right. Let's work on this. He goes 324 passes without throwing an interception to end the season. He's top six, I think, in every major statistical category. Um, And I think there's no question that he is the quarterback of the future for this football team.
0: I mean, I think going in, you couldn't ask for a better Jared Goff season. Just the way everything ended up, and yeah, the the rocky start, the Dallas game, Seattle, Philly, New throwing England. yeah, throwing these pick sixes that ended up, you know, costing you the game in in the the score at the end. In totality, yeah. But you know, f- last nine games, fifteen touchdowns, no no interceptions, and just playing safe and
2: that's something you know but making big plays too Yeah it was the and that what I think was the the nice balance that yeah. look he was very conscious of not making the big mistake but he also let some some balls loose and gave his receivers some opportunities. And a part of that
0: was was Chark finally getting healthy, yeah. getting back, and you had your your downfield threat. And now you're going to have J-Mo another offseason season yeah. with with mo No matter who the offensive coordinator is, that's going to open things up. It mm-hmm. just it it is because that's such a weapon for you, and you know you you still. It remains to be seen what wide receivers are in the building next year if Chark is back. But you've obviously, if he does come back, you've got some rapport there now. And that really, I think, helped him. But my takeaway from Brad on that was, you know, we told him that we had to hold up our end of the bargain. And they did that with signing Chark. And now you got to go figure out if you're bringing him back or if you're bringing somebody else in. But you got J Mo and you kept this offensive line together and mm-hmm. you really. Tried to just stack the room, and you got to figure out what you're going to do with running back now that Jamal's leaving. D- do you bring in a second guy there? But you have to hold up. You have to give him every compliment of weapon that he needs, and reward him for for an outstanding season.
2: When Jared was at his best in LA, when when they were winning playoff games, and he was taking them to the Super, what they do well, they had Todd Gurley. They were running the football really, really well. Play action. They had play action. They they could protect Jared. with the the offensive line. I mean, he was the best play-action quarterback in the league this year. And he he had weapons on the outside. And so they've built that same recipe here. They want to run the football, 2,000-plus rushing yards as as a football team. They've got an offensive line and weapons to be dangerous in play-action. You mentioned he was the best in play-action. They've built exactly what Jared does well has been built here in Detroit. And I, that's why I think it's just a match. It, 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 it's a and, match made and that's, for both.
0: That's a testament to Brad who yeah. was there for both and knows what it takes and knows <laughs> what
2: worked and how to rebuild it here. Well, we need to switch over to the other side of the ball. And we talked about it a little bit. The defense, <clears throat> excuse me, has struggled a little bit. But Brad was asked specifically, hey, what position groups do you think need the most work? or, or yeah. you've got, like you mentioned, 27 million dollars roughly right around. That's without any moves that you make to, maybe you know increase that 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 cap a little bit you've got two first round picks two second round picks your third round pick I mean you've got ammo you've got draft ammo and you've got cap space so where will Brad Holmes use that cap space the most
1: I mean it's a good question it's fair question um there's a lot of different areas that, that that we can go especially with you know the resource that we'll have available to us. Um, obviously our defense was ranked 32nd. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious that, you know, we're, we're gonna have to utilize some resources uh, to try and improve that defense, um, I do believe that there's some young guys on our defense right now that are only going to get better. Um, you know, everything that Malcolm Rodriguez was able to do. You know, I know that linebacker kind of came in as a question, and uh, but I think that that thing ended as it's it's more of a positive and more of a strength of Anzalone having a hundred plus tackle season, Derek Barnes taking the jump, and then Malcolm Rodriguez. But and I think you know our our pass rush is on the come. You know, obviously Aiden. With um nine and a half sacks, I think he's you know, he's only gonna get better. James Houston's only gonna get better. So, you know, um and then guys that we did not have, you know, at available to us is Charles Harris. I mean, you know, Charles Harris had to he had to go on IR, so him coming back, you know, uh Romeo had to kind of come back slowly from a, a really tough injury. So There's pieces there. Um, They always weren't available to us, but we saw enough growth. But obviously, we need to improve in that area, and I think we will.
2: And I couldn't agree with Brad. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's pretty defense, obvious. Defense,
1: defense, defense, defense,
0: defense. Tight end, uh, running back, maybe a guard. I was going to say, right guard, I feel like you okay. can you can find somebody. I'm
2: not I'm not shooing out Big V out the door. No, right yet. not if, if he that, wants to If that to back, be. If yeah. that back is, is okay, yeah, he's a proven vet guy, great in that room, but yeah, you could make a case for a running back, a guard, and a tight end, I think. You know, maybe a backup quarterback, a yeah. young guy to develop. Um, I don't think anybody that's going to push Jared, obviously we, we, we just covered that, but they need help on defense yep. i mean you look at it, it was 30th in uh, total defense i think they were 30th in points allowed i think they were 27th against the pass 28th or 29th against the run Um, and look they played better the second half of the year and we talked about you like guys like Aiden and Malcolm and Kirby and Jerry Jacobs and I think they've got some pieces there bugs uh Leem but they need some game breakers uh they need some guys that I think can make uh even more big plays um and and just be a steady force uh for that team and it's going to come from the defensive side of the football and I agree with Brad
0: And I I think you're actually, when you're looking at the draft and and six and 18, where those two picks fall, I mean, it's, it's super early, obviously, but there's going to be four or five first round corners, which Mm -hmm. is a big need. Mm -hmm. You could use another safety depending on, you know, are you bringing Elliott back? Where's Tracy at in rehab? Need a linebacker. Need a linebacker, need an interior lineman to, Mm -hmm. to kind of push that pocket with, with a and, and bugs and. You know Kaminsky if he's back, Levi. But you need a uh, an interior pass rusher, mm-hmm. which you know is Jalen Carter getting the six, probably not. But
2: you see what happens, and <laughs> but you've got eighteen, yeah. And you, you know, that's what you were talking about earlier. You got have a You have eighteen in a second round pick to move up to for a guy that you want, yeah. or however you um, decide you want to do it. Yeah. Um, you, he's got the ammo, but I, I think everyone agrees, and I think all of you out there can agree that um, it's going to be heavy defense. I think it's going to be heavy defense in free agency. I think it's going to be heavy defense in the draft, and I think all you and I think both of us will be fine with that. But that's not to say that there are not.
0: Areas on the offense, like if sure. if Chark goes, you got to have another wide receiver in sure. here. You got to figure out what you're doing with the second running back, along with Swift, whether it's Jamal or outside the organization. And you know, at some level, I think you need to draft a developmental at the least interior lineman just guard spot versatility if Evan Brown does I think you're at that back. point
2: too where you could use a young quarterback that, yeah. that you could start to develop in your scheme and it, look if, if Jared's 28 so you know but you can also flip a young guy that you develop for a year or two for an asset. Yeah. He becomes an asset uh, to other teams so I think that could very much not only be um, a, an upgrade at the backup quarterback position but a, an asset moving forward you can never have enough good quality no. quarterbacks in your system. No. So solve, solve the defense position but not at the ignoring of the And offense. something tells me Brad won't. Yeah. No. I mean, it's best player available for yeah. Brad. And I think if that happens to be a position on offense and it's clearly um here on his board and the other defensive guys are here, he's proven he ain't gonna reach. Yeah. He's not gonna reach for that position of need. He's gonna take the best football player available. Which I think is that's how you why do this it. thing yep. is flipping in the right direction because they're taking good football players that fit what they do, and that's how you become a good football team. Yep. All right. Well, that's the, the the kind of draft part of it, um, but the the free agent part of it too is money, 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 money. Yes, he's got a few more assets. We mentioned it before. I think they're oh, according to overthecap.com, they're right around 27 million right now. Um, you know, you can make some decisions on Big V you know, some other guys um, that could free up some cap space, decide not to re-sign guys, go a different route younger. So that number can fluctuate quite a bit here, but it's more than he's had in his tenure. And um, this is what uh, Brad had to say about uh, being able to open the wallet a little bit and, and potentially spend in free agency.
1: No, I mean, I don't, I mean, spending big is subjective a little bit, but, um, but, no, I'm not worried about that. Um again, like Dan and I have a plan that we're going to stick to in terms of how we're going to construct our roster and um you know, those th- those guys will all play. So just because we add a veteran or a big spin guy, um in free agency, it doesn't mean that another guy. One thing that is very prevalent that is is high priority is player development in this building, and uh, that 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 will never be a shortcoming around here. So, when we talk about you know stunning a guy's growth, um, you know that that usually doesn't happen around here. So, regardless of what we do in free agency, I think our young guys will still take the upward trajectory. All right, what do you take from that, Peach? I
0: think it's going to be and, and you know I know a lot of fans were annoyed with a little how slow it went last year and there was no Marcus Williams or any of those big contracts handed out but I think it's going to be slow and steady wins the race yeah. again that's the so vibe too.
2: that I got that's what the vibe I got too there, I don't think there's going to be a hundred million dollar free agent I, I'd be very surprised if there was no but if you can get a guy that
0: could go for a hundred million but you keep him to you know three years or whatever you know I don't I don't think, and the way that the class is, obviously guys can get cut, and you never know what it looks like in, until that second week of March, yeah. but the early returns, I feel like there's no one that is going to get this big, massive, long-term contract at this point.
2: And I thought he made a good point, too, when he said, you know, yeah, there are guys, you know, in terms of the, the, the free agent, but they're guys to 31 other teams, too. Yeah. Like, it, it's You're not competing
0: like... to re-sign John Caminiti. has got a lot of great tape out there. <laughs> He's going to get phone calls. Let's not forget
2: eight teams tried to claim him, and yeah. then he just went and, and produced. Yeah. You know, a guy like DJ Chark. I think some teams are going to say, "Okay, look, all the, all the tough catches down the field, you know, balls that he made." that could be a nice addition to our offense, you know? I mean, you're right. And so you're competing with 31 other teams. And so it's not just, hey, we're resigning our guy back. We're resigning a guy back that's also coveted by a lot of teams. And the value of resigning that guy is we know exactly what that guy's about, how he studies, how he fits our culture, how he fits in the locker room. You don't always know that about guys. There, there's some guesswork and as, as much work as you can do in free agency, you know, until they get in the building, you don't really know how they fit, um, how they fit in the meeting room, how they fit with their teammates. What's their culture fit? Are they tough? Um, you know, what do they do when things get you know, rough when you when you start, you know, you lose three games in a row. Are they a guy that shuts it off? Or they does he put in the extra work? And so you know all that about your guys. And so that's why I I see if if they're talented, you don't just re-sign a guy to resign him. Mm -hmm. A guy like Kaminsky, I mean he's talented. He does a lot of good things. A guy like Chark. So I think if they go and spend money re-signing guys, I don't think you look at that like ah, they were very conservative and they weren't aggressive enough to do it. I just think they, they want guys that they they very much know their plan here. The type of guys that they want to Build the type of guys that that they you know want to have here long term, and if it's guys that have already been in this building and they've identified as fits, signing your own guy isn't you know, being conservative. It it's the right thing to do that fits your football team.
0: No, and they're going to bring outside free agents in just as they did last year. You know they signed a lot of guys back from from two years ago to bring back for this year, but there was you know Chris Board, Mike Hughes, those veteran additions that Chark. are going to come in. Chark, and just compete and you saw Mike Hughes got a lot of playing time by the end of the year and Chris Board was a big coverage linebacker and a special teams ace but then you got the Kaminsky's and Bugs and Josh Woods and those guys are so clearly culture guys Anzalone that you know this team it was built around this Mm -hmm. year and you know there are worse things to do than running back a nine-win team that was Went eight and two to finish the year. I I understand that you know it might not be as fun to bring back all your own guys, but you know you, you finish eight and
2: two to end the year. And I think bringing back guys and mixing them with outside guys, I think you you just go to camp and you say best man yeah. wins. Let's compete for it. And that's the least, and I think there's... because you're resign because you resign a guy doesn't mean he's guaranteed no. that spot. Either you you sign back Alex Angelone, you draft a linebacker, you bring a linebacker in. Yeah, best man wins. There's there's gonna plays. be new
0: blood no matter what. I mean, yeah. you got two ones and two twos and the rest the rest of the draft mm-hmm. so
2: even if even if you're you're slowly
0: bringing back these guys for two to three year deals and you're not making the big splash and there are big splashes out there i mean there's jesse bates is a need at safety and deron Payne, and you know these guys can get extended before free agency but there are big names out there if you want to go get them but if it's going to be slow and steady i think the the crop of lions free agents
2: is a good group to bring back for that all right. Well, that puts the bow on 2022, 2023. A little bit of 23 yeah. in there. A little bit of January. But that's going to be it for the 20 in the Huddle podcast. Um, we're going to. You know, oh, we've got we've got a plan. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna keep this going throughout the off season. Um, I hope you guys have, have liked it every week. But I think we'll kind of we'll do some major events. We're gonna go down to the Senior Bowl. Yep. Uh, we're gonna do the podcast from Mobile in in a few weeks. Uh, we're gonna hit up the Super Bowl. Uh, some of Radio our, Row, some of folks. our guys might be there. We're gonna be on Radio Row and see if we can't get uh, you know a lot of uh, guys around the league talking about the Lions. Some of our own players. We'll just see kind of what we can get down there and do that. And throughout the off season, we'll you know for the draft obviously and
3: the owner the owners
2: meetings combine we'll we'll check in with you guys and and do a podcast from all those locations so um I hope you've liked the podcast I've enjoyed doing it PJ's done a great job producing it and there will be a lot more in 2023